Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Amy, uh, things are going a little bit better for me than they are for you this week. Yeah, they yeah. they are. Although it's, uh, you know, it's Friday. Yeah. We made it to the end of the week. A- Amy, what's your, your least favorite Greek letter? Uh, Omicron. Omicron. Yeah. Yeah, folks. So I've been uh, living in a small space this week, one room, basically. Thankfully, our bedroom is off the kitchen. So I did venture out every now and then when no one else was around to grab something and come right back. But it's been a week that was not planned, but on the upswing. So good. So pretty good. Quick little bout with with Omicron. Yes. But you're, 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 yeah. you've seen, you know, I've talked to you the last couple of days and I can tell the improvement in your voice and yep. you sound, you it's sound great. a lot better than you did on Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, d- symptoms are really a lot better. It was like a really bad cold. I will say that for those of you out there listening who have had this man, I get it. The exhaustion it's real. It is legit. So, uh, uh last night I went in a did like one little task, just one little household task. And uh, that was about it. You know, when this started, I thought, oh, I'm going to be in quarantine. I will. This is when the symptoms weren't that bad. I will. Uh, I may clean out my closet. I'll do all this stuff because I'll be here. Nope. nope. Did a lot. A lot of laying around. That's pretty much what I did. So well, you're not alone. I know a lot of people struggling with this right now. It's going around like crazy. Very contagious. And uh, but on the bright side for many. It does seem to be, you know, a, a mild case of, uh, yes. of coronavirus. So, yes, um, that that's good uh, for most. One, yes, one other uh, mention as far as my week. Today's a big day in my house. Happy birthday, Mary! Yes, so uh, good friend of the pod, becoming an adult today. So we're recording this on Friday, and my daughter uh, is eighteen. How does that make you feel? Old, very old. <laughs> I know how. I, I know. In a in a legal sense, I have an adult child today. So yeah, I feel old, but man, I'm so proud of her. She's the greatest. She's just one of the greatest people, and uh, I think she's just absolutely amazing. So um, happy birthday to Mary! Yes, absolutely. I need to text her later and, and tell her that like, hey, congratulations! No more curfew, no more rules. Oh nope, anything- don't need to say that. <laughs> don't need to say that. Nope. Don't don't start that one. Don't go there. Nope. So, all right. Well, very cool. Very cool. Congratulations to her and uh, happy birthday to Mary and uh, one of our biggest fans of the pod. I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not right. not really. Not but really. Keep going. Yeah. All right, Amy. On with the show here. Got a light news week this week. We'll get to that in just a minute. But before we do that, want to thank our sponsor each and every week. Our friends over at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. All the upheaval and disruption over the last two years have left many asking. What does ministry look like now? And the Ministry Now Conference will answer this question. On March 22nd to 24th, experienced ministry leaders from across the nation will gather at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, to explore how God's churches can thrive in this ever-changing ministry context. Founded on an unyielding commitment to biblical truth, built by expert practitioners, and designed to encourage and equip God's people in every area of ministry, this gathering will empower you to live your calling wherever you serve God. So join us in Fort Worth, Texas on March 22nd to 24th. Reserve your tickets now over at swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. That's swbts.edu slash 
Ministry Now 2022 for that. So uh, looking forward to that in late March. Amy, also in late March, churches will be promoting the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Yeah, it's that time of year again. So the materials have been released by uh, by NAM so that churches can use them as they collect the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. So we have bulletin inserts, prayer guides, collection envelopes, all kinds of things that can be downloaded or ordered directly. Uh, so it's AnnieArmstrong.com slash resources. They've also got missionary stories and videos, all sorts of things. There's even a social media kit that has graphics, quotes, um, things that can be just shared immediately to promote Annie Armstrong. It's everything that uh, that a church needs to be able to put this out and uh, and raise raise money for our church planters. It goes straight to the field um, to support and resource all the NAM missionaries um, as they are doing what they do. So, I mean, Christmas is over and we are on to Easter and uh, the, and on to Annie Armstrong. So. Yeah, absolutely. Coming off our largest Annie Armstrong Easter offering total ever last year at $66.5 million. And Let's hoping bust to it. Just blow through it. Lay 70 Let's million right this year. Let's go. 70 Let's million. It. Let's do it. I'm calling Let's for it. Let's do 70. Do so, it for Annie, y'all. Do it for yeah. Annie. Uh, you know, we've got church planners all over the country now, and church planning just continues to grow and grow over at the North American Mission Board. And every dollar, like you said, of the Annie Armstrong Easter offering goes straight to the field to help those guys out. So uh, do check that out over at the NAM website, at the Annie Armstrong website. Link is in the show notes for that. All right, Amy, we got some news from the Pastors Conference. I was out in yeah. Anaheim this past week. Busy week. I mean, nonstop. The entire time I was there recording uh, Road to Anaheim coming soon, starting, I think, next week on that one. Episode one drops on that next week. But we got some news from the Pastors Conference, and uh, we got a pulpit being shipped across the country. Yeah, this is is pretty exciting. So I saw there was an update, clicked on it to see what it was. I didn't expect this at all, but this is pretty cool. So Matt Hensley, the president of the Pastors Conference for 2022, announced, first of all, they announced some more, some of their sponsors. So, uh, IMB, NAM and Guidestone have joined, uh, the, the sponsors. So, uh, they gave an update on that, but the big announcement was that the pulpit that will be used during the pastor's conference is going to be the Bellevue pulpit. So he reached out to Steve Gaines and asked if Bellevue would be willing to loan the pulpit, um, that they have there at their church in Memphis. But this pulpit was used by, obviously, Steve Gaines uses it, but it was also used by Adrian Rogers, R.G. Lee, and Ramsey Pollard, all former SBC president names that, look, if you're listening to a podcast about the SBC, I don't have to tell you who those people are. So uh, I think we all know. But this is this is kind of cool. It adds sort of a historical perspective to the event, which you know I love. And uh, so I think it'll be be really neat enhancement to the atmosphere there. I saw, uh, I saw one tweet. I think it was Patrick Watts, good friend of the pod, put something out either on Twitter or Facebook, something asking, would it be taken across the country? Like the Olympic torch going through towns. I thought that was fantastic. The other thing that I thought about after, um, after that was for those who are Andy Griffith show fans, there's a, an episode uh, about the, a shipment of gold that comes through Mayberry. And so they do have a decoy truck that oh. comes through so they can get the other. So, I mean, maybe they'll send a decoy U-Haul 
uh, in one route. So everyone thinks the pulpit's going this way and you protect it because it's the secret. I had all kinds of plots going on in my mind. It's probably just going to be a standard box truck taking it across the country, but I'd rather think of it arriving in some sort of dramatic fashion like that. But Matt's going to call cool up stuff. two men in a truck. And that's right. <laughs> that's all yeah, that's be. right. Yeah. So, uh, but very cool. And man, that's going to be some great pictures, you know, some great photos of that. All these people yeah. standing behind this historic pulpit. So really neat stuff. All right. Well, that's cool. So cool update from them. We got, I think we got more updates coming soon uh, from the annual meeting, uh, you know, Child care registration and messenger pre-registration open February 1st. That's just in about 10 days, uh, which is crazy, uh, by the way. And uh, But that'll be soon. So uh, when you listen to next week's show, we'll be talking a little bit about that as that gets closer to us and uh, getting ready for Anaheim this June. All right, Amy, got some big news from New Orleans. You were down there last weekend before your, your COVID bout here. Uh, but, right. uh, but big news, Blake Newsom headed – from Dolphin Way in Mobile over to New Orleans. That's right. This is a huge announcement. So New Orleans and Level College announced that Blake Newsom, senior pastor of Dolphin Way Baptist Church, is going to be headed to New Orleans. He'll be the next director of the Caskey Center for Church Excellence. And yeah, you're right. I was in New Orleans before COVID hit. Uh, to our knowledge, we did not leave it in New Orleans with anyone. So that was uh, good, good news that, that we heard. We were, we tried to be as careful as we could while we were there and then uh, learned that, that it was with us. Thankfully, I don't think we left it with anyone, but while we were there, we got to see the Caskey center. We uh, were, were around the student center and got to kind of look in and it's a really beautiful spot that they've got in there. Now Blake Newsom's going to be there March 1st. Yeah. So congratulations to him. Uh, I know, you know, that was a, I was surprised by that. I didn't expect that one, but I think Jamie Dew's got a good one there for that. And I'm uh, really excited about him and his future there at New Orleans. Uh, so congrats to Blake Newsom on that move. And speaking of moves, Amy, Nam is celebrating 30 years of Carlos Ferrer as he retires. Yeah, really incredible uh, amount of, of, time, of service time there. Carlos Ferrer is semi-retiring after 30 years of service. There's a great Baptist press story that just tells a lot about his story. Um, he was a refugee from Cuba. His family left Castro's regime and, and then ends up you know, coming here. It's just an incredible story of his whole testimony and then how he ended up at NAM. Uh, but congratulations uh, to him. They had a, a part of a staff meeting to celebrate that. So really cool story there. Yeah. So uh, they'll probably be celebrating him at the upcoming NAM trustee meeting as well. It may, may or not. I'm not quite sure. I'm guessing they may. That'll be in about three weeks out in Arizona. They're, having that, they're hosting that out in Phoenix to showcase one of our send cities out there in Phoenix. So I'll be out there and on site for that one. And uh, should be a good one in early February. So uh, looking forward to seeing Carlos and thanking him for his work and uh, all that he's done over his 30 years at the North American Mission Board. So starting with some North American Mission Board news, Amy, ending with some North American Mission Board news this week. Kind of a short week, light news week, but it's now time for my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. I decided to go back to 1993. It was a really interesting story in Baptist Press. It's actually the January 25th issue, but it's about something that 
that kind of hit on January 22nd. Um, so for those who are listening, we're recording this on Friday, which uh, what's happening right now in Washington, D.C. in March the freezing life. cold, the March for Life. Yeah. So it's 49 years uh, that Roe v. Wade has been in force. And um, and so a lot of folks are out there, a lot of Southern Baptists, a lot of evangelicals, Catholics, a lot, a lot of people are out there marching um, for the unborn, certainly with what's happening in the Supreme Court. That's a, a heightened conversation right now anyway. Well, in 93, this was when there was a real turn in public conversation about that. Uh, January 22nd is when a brand new President Bill Clinton reversed four anti-abortion federal policies. And Richard Land, who was the head of, um, I believe it was still the Christian Life Commission at that time, but uh, eventually it was the ERLC. He wrote a memo. He sort of uh, gave a statement and said that this reversal was an attempt to break the will of the pro-life movement, uh, but he would not succeed. Um, so January 22nd, 1973 is actually the date that the Supreme court declared, um, abortion, a constitutional right. And Bill Clinton signed the, uh, several presidential memoranda. It was his third day in office. Remember he was a member of Southern Baptist church at the time. Um, he rescinded bans on federal funding of abortion counseling referrals by non-physicians at family planning clinics. And he rescinded bans on funding of fetal tissue transplantation research, also directed the FDA to decide if the import ban on RU486, an abortion pill, should be maintained. So these are some pretty big things that he was doing right as basically the March for Life was going on in 1993. So Richard Land said, Today is a sad day for America and a horrifying day for unborn children. As if to add insult to injury, President Clinton takes these actions on the 20th anniversary of the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision. These are truly cruel and spiteful acts meant to break the will of the pro-life movement. It will not work. He said, we are more resolved than ever that unborn human life is sacred and must be accorded equal protection under the laws and constitution of our land. We will not retreat from our conviction that a nation which allows the slaughter of the most defenseless human beings of our society is a nation which will reap a whirlwind of cheapened and degraded life at all points in the life cycle. If our nation continues its present path of exalting a quality of life ethic over a sanctity of human life ethic, President Clinton himself may one day reap the consequences of this exchange when the logical conclusion of his policies is applied to him in his golden years, which obviously is a, a reference to how we think of sanctity of life for those who are aging. And certainly that that ethical debate has really stepped up. But there's a whole I mean, it's pretty long. There's a whole article about it. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I just found it interesting. This is on the 20th anniversary. We're now at the 49th anniversary. And, you know, Richard Land uh, was right. It did not it did not stop uh, the will of those who are in the pro-life movement. They're still marching there today. Um, so obviously a lot of a lot of major things in the balance right now. Um, and we got people up there brave in the cold. And I'm sure some people who intended to go, but they're in isolation. Uh, but but it's the the conversation is still ongoing. No will was broken there. 
So anyway, just very interesting. Obviously, this is something that gets talked about every year. Uh, but 29 years ago, this week in SBC history, um, a strong, strong statement from Richard Land in response to some major actions. Yeah. And may this 49th year of Roe v. Wade be its final year. Yep. We'll, we'll find that out in June, Amy. All right. So that brings us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is actually something from Send Relief on human trafficking. There's an upcoming webinar January 27th on human trafficking. So it looks like an interesting conversation. You can check out all the information on that. So if you're, you're interested in human trafficking ministry and ministering to those who have been trafficked, I, w- I would highly recommend this from Send Relief. That's one of the five uh, kind of emphases of Send Relief that they have. So obviously they do disaster relief. They help out with hunger needs as well as human trafficking and a couple other things. So uh, a lot of good things going on over at Send Relief, including this upcoming webinar on January 27th. All right, Amy, your resource of the week is? It's a, a new fun game that if you're not playing, you should. And uh, that is Wordle. Yeah, you got to play it by yourself. You don't need a proxy. That's right. Oh, nice. Jonathan's saying Not a that spoiler, that- by the way. No, because it gets reset every day, but it was one of the words this past week. Um, so if you if you haven't played Wordle yet, but you've seen these little grids that are showing up on Twitter, that's what it is. Um, it's got a real Wheel of Fortune vibe to it. A little, little bit different rules, but definitely a Wheel of Fortune vibe. And uh, we play it in my house every day. I play it. Keith plays it. Then we compare and compete against one another. So who's winning? I don't know. We're kind of necking it. We'll have days where we both get about the same one. One will get it in three and one will get it in five or, you know, whatever. We we sort of. Has anyone missed one yet? Yes, we both have once. Not the oh, same wow. one. Oh, Not wow. the same one. I'm he missed stunned. one. He missed one one day and was really frustrated. And I was nice. But inside I was feeling kind of smug. <laughs> and no joke, the very next day I missed it and he got it in like four. So. That uh, showed me. But let me tell you, I'll tell you who else is playing it. Uh, Malcolm and Karen Yarnell, because fantastic thing on Twitter the other day. Everybody's sharing these grids and he shared his that showed he guessed it on the first try. And I was like, my goodness, this is amazing. He guessed the word like out of nowhere. And then she immediately replied and said, don't believe him. He looked at mine and then put it in. (laughs) Uh, I loved it. It was fantastic. She uh, she busted him. So well, I'm still rocking uh, that 100 percent mark. So nice, nicely. I done. say that, so, and then it'll be like next week. I have like missed three right. out of seven or something. Yes. You watch. Well, it's a it's a lot of fun, and it's kind of a it's just a neat thing that everybody is is doing. One of the things I like about it is because it resets every day. It's not like one of those iPhone games that you get stuck on, you know, and you can't can't stop or whatever. It's just you do it, and then. Then you're done for the day. You wait for the next one. So she was talking about you, Candy Crush people. There you go. Um, if you haven't, uh, I say this as a former Candy Crush player. So <laughs> um, if you haven't given it a try, definitely jump in. The rules are, are really easy. They pop up when when you go and uh, join in with us. Yeah. So five letter words. Yellow means the right letter in the wrong spot. Green means right letter, right spot. It's it's. Pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Gray, gray means you get to eliminate those from your guests. So it's yeah. like it's like Hangman too, I guess. Kind of like yeah. Hangman. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice little, cute little daily game. That's to, right to brag about. And yeah, if you get it in one or two, I'm okay with you posting it online. 
three or but, four. But only that's one pretty... or two. Three or four is kind of yeah. like everybody's doing that. All right. Five or yeah. six, don't do that because you'll just get shamed. And if you miss it all together, Amy will feel smug and then miss it the next day. That's right. That's right. That's what happens. So <laughs> enjoy. All righty. All right. Yeah, it's been fun to do that. So I, I saw it a few weeks ago, I guess. Uh, I was one of the early people to, to kind of jump on that. So, and, um, but everybody else is kind of on it now. So it's pretty fun. I need to get Beth on that. Yeah. But that probably wouldn't lead to good things at the house, though, because she's a little competitive. Amy, short show this week, uh, light news week. Got a lot going on in the next few weeks. We're going to have uh, trustee meetings cranking up again. Like I mentioned, NAM's got theirs. Uh, the state execs are meeting down in Florida in a couple of weeks as well. That annual meeting that we cover on the show here each and every year. And then the EC meeting coming up at the end of February. I think IMB's got a trustee meeting in there as well. Lifeway trustee meetings is next week, actually. So uh, we'll have some news from the Lifeway trustee meeting as they are celebrating their new home in Maryland Farms. Uh, that meeting will be virtual. Uh, this week because of the, the kind of the COVID outbreak. Uh, but uh, we'll have all the coverage on Baptist Press for you next week from Lifeway's trustee meeting and some more information here on the podcast. All right, Amy. So I think that's going to do it for us this week. Happy birthday to Mary. Hope you feel better. I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.